You are listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Well, welcome to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I'm Lydia Miller here with my dad, Pastor Jeff. We have been covering the topic of parenting. And I would say probably for the past few weeks, we focused more on the early years, how to set a good foundation. Today, we're going to focus a little bit more on the later years, the teenage years, specifically teenage rebellion and what happens in those teenage years that everyone is so afraid of. And I would say as a former teacher and a former student ministry um, leader, that this is an area that I have probably sat and talked with parents the most on, that um, some of the most difficult things that parents have walked through with their kids have been these years and things they're seeing from their children, things their children are going through that they're finding out about that have been just really painful and really difficult for them. So I think it's really important to hit on this subject as best we can. I do too. We, we both did youth ministry. You did mm-hmm. youth ministry for a number of years. I started out in youth ministry. thought I'd spend my whole life in youth ministry, but I was just a real student of young people, especially of their parents, because when they got to this juncture of teenage years, I could either see that they had put time into mm-hmm. parenting and training their kids and it was a joy, mm-hmm. or I could see just the opposite where all the lack of training and discipline and those kinds of things was now showing itself in distant relationships and frustration and all of that. And I just always remind people, especially when I was in the youth ministry days, teenage years can really be a joy. I know some of you are going to laugh when I say that. Um, but we've kind of made this idea that middle school and teenage years are just some of the hardest times in the world. They're really not. They, they actually are a culmination of your parenting, and they can be very good. Again, if we walk through those phases again, you know, kind of zero to five, if you're able to get discipline, and then five to, you know, um, ten or whatever it is in terms of age where you're beginning to coach and train and those kinds of things, and then in their teenage years where you're not so much, you know, calling the shots as you are sort of calling timeouts every now and then and coaching because they're in the game of life, that can really be a positive time where you're building toward friendship, where you know they've been disciplined enough, instructed enough, you've written on their hearts enough that these are you know, beginning to be these growing, dynamic, young adults that actually can be a real joy and bring you know, friendship into your life if it's done right. Mm-hmm. And obviously there are, I think it was mom maybe that said it, that you're going to lose them for a few years. They're going to become different people, yep. probably in middle school for a few, but they'll eventually come back. They'll eventually be human again. I, I believe that. I, I Again, especially if you've done it right, I do think there's some times when they test, when they mm-hmm. move, when they try things on their own. But I, I think if you build a solid family identity, a solid family, yeah, mm-hmm. they always come back. Now, there's obviously the normal aches and pains of adolescence. I remember sitting down with a mom one time, and she was just distraught, and she was saying, oh, my, my daughter, I just don't know what to do. She's out of control. She's so dramatic about everything. Everything makes her cry. Her emotions all are, are all over the place. And I finally was like, it sounds like she is a normal yep. <laughs> teenage girl. But what what happens when teens rebel? What brings us to actual rebellion? How do you know that there's maybe some red flags, some things you need to look for, and why is it happening? Yeah. 
I always say, you know, there's a sense in which your family can either be interdependent or they can be independent. And you're going to see that in the teenage years. So interdependence would be this sense in which the family is holding hands and they're always looking at each other. They need each other. Or they get to the place where they're looking outward to peers and those kinds of things as their major influence because they never felt a sense of family identity. And I really think that's what's going on, at least in my youth ministry days. I could see kids that were invested in their families and they were whole and healthy and had good self-images and those kinds of things. And I could see teens that did not. And then all of a sudden, peer pressure and all of those kinds of things became incredibly important, making peers happy, fitting in, all of that. In fact, the line we used to use is this, is that you know, family identity is only, or peer pressure is only as strong as family identity is weak. So if your family identity is weak, you don't sort of have this interdependence on each other, then kids are going to look, then kids are going to begin to rebel, then kids are going to try things other kids are trying because they want to make their peers happy, they want to fit in. And I think, you know, when there's good, strong family, then it doesn't mean that they don't try stuff and do stuff wrong. It just means I think they're eventually going to come back to that. Now, there are some really intentional things people can do to build a strong family identity, even later on. I mean, I remember there were things that you guys did specifically that drove me nuts as a teenager, and I'm sure they were difficult for you because we all threw a fit about it. But things that were sacred, that were just for our family. I mean, family vacations were just our family. We didn't bring friends along to join us. We had only certain nights of the week. I remember in the summer we were only allowed to do social things two nights of the week, and we had to all be home the rest of the week. What are some things people can do if they're if they're wanting to make sure they have a strong family? Yeah. These are going to sound archaic, so yep. make adjustments right. in today's day and age. Recognize how old I am. Uh, but we always tried to have a family night. Usually Friday night was our family night. Again, mm-hmm. meaning, and it doesn't mean we didn't allow friends at different points in times, but it meant this was our family time together. And as much as it sounds really cool as a parent, well, let's just have friends come along. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens is they turn toward friends and they don't turn toward each other. So we would have a family night. We'd say you can only go out so many nights a week. The rest of the time need to be spent together. We never allowed, again, this sounds a, a little bit dictatorial, but we never allowed TVs in your bedrooms. Mm-hmm. If we were going to watch TV, we did so together as a family mm-hmm. because otherwise kids isolate themselves. So we just tried as much as we could to do vacations together. We are, Even if it wasn't something great, because when we first got married, we certainly had zero dollars. <laughs> Uh, but we did camping, much to my chagrin, because I hate camping. Uh, but we did those kinds of things in order to sort of develop this family identity, this family togetherness, relationships with you kids, uh, those kinds of things, because I think it paid dividends mm-hmm. uh, in years to come. So do whatever you can, I think, to develop a sense of identity as a family. Dads, I think, are key. You talked about this mm-hmm. in, uh, as we talked to kind of the Father's Day messages. You've got to say, hey, this is who we are. This is our identity together as a family. I love this family. This is the best family. Because they always wonder whether or not you're on board. But I think dads, uh, you often set the pace. And if there's not a dad in the home, then mom, you've got to take on that role and responsibility as well of, of setting family identity. And I think especially in those teenage years, they what I saw in my students a lot is they, they really are all just looking for a place where they belong and the place that they fit. And if you can make them feel like that place is your family, it feels like that heeds off a lot that they might. Amen. 
Yeah, and it, it sounds real simple, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And it, to be honest with you, it is. Yeah. But isn't the resting place for your kids that you desire mm-hmm. in everything that's going on in this mm-hmm. world to be the family? Mm-hmm. So I, I just think you've got to cultivate this mm-hmm. sense of, hey, I'm comfortable mm-hmm. here. Hey, I love it here. Mm-hmm. Um, those kinds of things. So that kids always want to come mm-hmm. back because when that becomes sort of their haven, mm-hmm. then I think there's yeah. less temptation from the yeah. world. But when they don't have that haven and now they're running and looking for mm-hmm. identity, for acceptance, for self-esteem yeah. outside of the family, mm-hmm. that's problematic. So I think we underestimate how scary teenage years are for teens. I mean, they're changing. Things don't make sense. They they can't make sense of their own emotions. And the emotions they feel, although the situations may seem from the outside like they're not a huge deal, I would always tell parents, remember, what they're feeling is the same gravity and weight yeah. as something that is a much bigger deal to you. And so if home isn't safe, they're going to hunt that out as much as they possibly can. I, I agree. Uh, dads, moms, you got to be approachable in those mm-hmm. teenage issues that they face in life without their fear mm-hmm. of you coming down. Yeah. And again, I, I just think you got to be open. you got to be willing to accept. I speak probably one time, maybe two times a year to the youth minister. And I always say, and I know they think I'm just throwing a line, but I'm like, it's harder in today's mm-hmm. day and age to be a teenage than it ever was in my day and age. And even for you young parents out there nowadays, mm-hmm. it's harder for your kids than it ever was for you. Mm-hmm. Things like anxiety and what mm-hmm. COVID and everything else has caused, they're just on an incredible rise and kids are just fearful and worrisome. And you even look at what's going on in the world and they're terrified, is this the end? And there's just mm-hmm. all kinds of things that are going on in a kid's mind, let alone the normal pressures mm-hmm. of drugs and alcohol yeah. and whatever it might be. I mean, add to that what's going on in the world mm-hmm. today. It's just really tough. Mm-hmm. So we've got to come alongside of them. We've got to love them. Again, I think if you've done a good job in the early years, now you can become mm-hmm. uh, somebody who's moving more toward that friendship and a confident in their life, somebody they can mm-hmm. talk to. And it's it's relentless. Uh, that's what I noticed most as a teacher too is, you know, if I was having a situation with friends at school or kids in the neighborhood or something was going on, I could go home and I could isolate from the world around me and be safe in my family. They can't really do that unless you force them to, unless you take their phones away. But otherwise, they have just this constant intake of everything that's happening. It it literally is bombarded at Mm -hmm. our kids today. That's why the home's Mm got to be a safe haven. And parents, don't be fearful when your kids are teenagers to move into their world in love. Mm -hmm. Uh, They need hugs. Mm -hmm. They need a safe place to land. They need a listening ear. So I would do whatever you can to set that up. You want them to come to you rather than to the world. Mm -hmm. So uh, whatever it takes to be able to establish that in your kid's life, do because it's tough. Mm -hmm. I would say if... um especially in the world right now, the more positive influences you can get in the life of your kid, the better. So we've got middle school ministry that happens here every week, high school ministry that happens every single week. Eric and Abby are phenomenal leaders of those ministries. Our small group leaders that volunteer at those are unbelievable. And the more people you can have speaking into your child, the truth of God and who he is and what that means for them, um, the better they are. So I'd encourage you, if you don't know about those ministries at all, you can find out about those on our website. Yeah, you're right. Parenting is important, but anytime I can bring another mm-hmm. godly person into my kid's life, uh, parents don't be threatened by it, encourage mm-hmm. it. I'm in ministry because of 
to youth pastors. Mm -hmm. I uh, walked through kind of unscathed by the, the great pain of the high school years because not only of a mom and dad that were good and solid, but because two youth pastors that came into my life. So I would really encourage you to avail yeah. yourself of that. Sunnybrook's got some great ones, but you need some other people yeah. in those teenage years especially. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing when a different adult says the same thing that you've been saying a hundred times, your kid might just listen to somebody else. Agreed. Uh, well, I would encourage you to check out those resources, check out the stuff that we have available for you because we more than anything want to partner with you as you walk through parenting and what all of that looks like. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to having you back next week. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.